welcome everyone to Between Two Worlds, a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. I'm your host, Scott Trout, here with my co-host, Joey. And we're here with our lovely friend, Pavan, whom we know from improv. We've now taken two classes, all three of us together, and just had our graduation show last Friday. It went very well. And we're very excited to have you on, Pavan. Welcome. Thank you. So, uh, as you all know, us and our listeners, we're going to be talking about stories of belief here, getting to listen to uh, Pavan's story. Before we do that, um, for those who are just listening, Joey is currently holding an Eevee. Joey, would you like to describe what Eevee is here for? Evie is uh, my after-therapy support buddy. <laughs> I just had a therapy session, and I need some hugs. <laughs> so I'm just hugging an Evie. If you only listen to us, definitely look up the YouTube video because this Evie's really cute and by far one of the best Pokemon. There it is. Um, <clears throat> so let's go through and do a little introduction as far as who we are Uh chance to label ourselves, and then throughout the podcast, we develop some of the nuance of what that is. Uh, so, <clears throat> Pavan, would you like to start? Um, sure. Uh, I'm Pavan Veltman, and um, I, you want to know about the, uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. You want, this is the be- belief. Very well. Is this the belief one? <laughs> That's the belief part. Okay. So <laughs> I'm Pavon Beltman. Um, hmm, I believe in God. Um, I not specifically in any religion, uh, although I think everyone has the right to find their own way um, to God. And um, I'm always searching and refining my way to connect with God. Mm. Love that. I'm Joey. I'm still a non-believer who believes in something out there, but will not give it a name. And apparently I'm going to be the best Pokemon trainer in the world. (laughs) And I'm Scott. Uh, I'm a believer in the Christian faith who is trying to figure out what all that actually means. Uh, And I think I was really confident at a young age. And now I'm like, what do I actually believe? So I'm currently figuring that out. Great. So now you know a little bit about us and you're going to find out a lot more as we go along. Um, and let's talk a little bit about this past week, little, uh, yeah, debrief in the past week, how things are going. We usually have uh, three options, something that's embarrassing or infuriating and, or exhilarating, but it's the type of week where I think we're all going to take the same one. We're going to talk about what's been exhilarating this past week. Um, Maybe I'll start. I'll start this time. Should have done this on the other one, Pavan. <laughs> my bad. Um, okay, so exhilarating this week. I guess it hasn't ha- happened yet, so it's kind of like I'm in the middle of the exciting, looking forward. But we, this is the first time I'm saying this on air, actually. I've kind of hinted to it. I think by the time this is released, this is very old news. But uh, we are pregnant. When I say we, I don't mean me. I mean Brianna, because that's how biology works, I've noticed. And um, we're going to have a kid. And this is the week that we find out 
the gender. So that's super exciting. We're going to go in on Friday and maybe I'll ask them if they'll check me out, but mostly they're going to be checking out Brianna and uh, making sure everything's healthy. We're at 20 weeks and then we're going to have a gender reveal party on Sunday. We won't know until that day. Our friend Douglas is going to do the party. Um, former guest actually. And I'm nervous, but very excited. Everyone's been like, what do you think it is? And I'm like, I'm not saying I'm just, I'm just excited to find out what it is. And I've been thinking about it and like, boy or girl, I'm just so jazzed that I get to be a parent. Awesome. <laughs> Next, Joey or Pavan? I'm, I'm still thinking about mine. Pavan, do you have one? I do. I do. And you guys are going to think I'm really weird, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> Wait, before you start, I'm the guy holding a stuffed Pokemon. <laughs> you think you're the weird one? <laughs> All right. Well, yesterday I went for a walk uh, in, the, uh, in the woods and there's an enclosure there where they have a wild boar. And um, um, okay, I've always prided myself that um, I'm pretty good at communicating with animals. And like with my cat, I always know what my cat is saying, for example, but okay, these are wild animals. So we're walking around and um, I always talk to them, but you know, they don't talk back. <laughs> and uh, so yesterday, this one of them, the, the older ones comes up to me and, and well, it was walking towards me and is carrying like old sticks and leaves in its mouth. And I looked at him like, oh, what are you doing? You know, are you, are you like, feathering your nest or something and it looks at me and he walked right up to me or she and she looks through the fence and she there's these fresh leaves there and and looks at it and you know starts grunting and looking at me like you know I was like oh do you want some uh, you want some of these leaves <laughs> so I gave it to him and that's what that's what she wanted so then she had us uh, you know going and getting her more and all the rest of them came and it was just really cool, like feeding these like wild pigs, uh, oak leaves. Wow. <laughs> That's not weird at all. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I love nature. I thought that was like really excited. I'm still high and it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love that. Yeah. That's sweet to, oh, a cool little connection. Yeah. Honestly, if you don't talk to animals when you see them, then you're the weird one if you don't talk to them. Like, I cool. do a lot of forest walks, and there's a lot of dogs out there. I do not say a word to the owners, but I have complete conversations with the dogs around me. Like, uh, a, few, a few days back, I saw a husky. He started running with me. <laughs> and the owner's like, hey, what are you doing with my dog? And I'm like, I'm just running. The dog's following me. I'm its owner now. <laughs> I have that too. The animals always come to me. <laughs> uh, and honestly, Scott, my exciting or exhilarating story is just finding out what uh, the gender is going to be because I'm at the party. So I, I nothing really special going on with me this week. Just uh, I, I'm officially going to school. So that excitement is officially gone. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm so curious. Uh, what's going to happen. This is also my first gender reveal party, so I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, Mine as well. <laughs> it, it, it's hilarious because uh, my friend Taya hates baby showers and she's invited to a lot of them. So I, I kept teasing her like, oh, I never have to do this kind of stuff. 
<laughs> now I have to do it. <laughs> so the first thing she said is like, ha, serves you right. <laughs> well, hopefully this is fun and not a drag. And I'll be sure to invite you to the baby shower. I think mostly. <laughs> I, 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 actually, actually, baby showers are meant only for the females, if well, I'm correct. There. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have one. I'm going to have a baby shower with just my dudes. Yeah, just drink beer in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, men are more than that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, without further ado, let's get into this, the meat of this podcast. So, Pavan, we would love to hear your story of belief or faith, however you want to articulate it, spirituality. And why don't you um, first talk about uh, where you're from, how you ended up in the Netherlands, and then we'll dive into the early childhoodness of your story. Okay. Um, well, uh, I was born in Los Angeles, California, um, but I moved around a lot growing up. And I ended up in the Netherlands because while on a horseback riding vacation in Ireland, I met a Dutchman and we fell madly in love. And um, very shortly thereafter, I moved to the Netherlands and we got married. <laughs> horseback riding, that is the key to romance. Apparently, it was, it was uh, 13 women and Brahm. <laughs> And I won. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Lucky Brom and way to go, Pavan. It's awesome. It sounds like an episode of The Bachelor. <laughs> no, totally right. Or there's that show with the vacation, you know, vacation love or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay and so and then you've been living here oh so oh my lord i lose i actually lose track of how long but i think i've been living here like 23 years so this is home yeah 24 years i'm bad with things <laughs> so um this is it's sort of it's funny it's sort of like i'm too dutch now to ever kind of go back to the States. But on the other hand, I'm still like, oh, stupid Dutch people. You know, so it's like, I'm like between two worlds. I, I, I still just never really, yeah. <laughs> Which I love. Thanks for the shout out to our, the title of our podcast. I love that. And that's totally the idea of this podcast is I feel like everyone feels in some sort of part of who they are between two worlds. Um, so that's so cool. <laughs> and okay, so 23 years and you've got, um, you've got two kids and you've raised them here in the Netherlands. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And is horseback riding Brahm still it, around, still in the picture? Did he move on to? Oh, no. Bavani's still there. Oh, no. Oh, no. Today is not going to be the podcast day. <laughs> it's the worst. We're experiencing some technical difficulties. I will pause for a second. Back. She, uh, she, we're not paused anymore. <laughs> okay, you back, Pavan? Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, so I was just wondering about Brahm. What's the rest of the story there? Um, well, we, were, we gave it a good go. We were married for 13 years, and, uh, but uh, we then decided to go our separate ways. Horseback riding, great intro. <laughs> maybe not meant to last. It's a good story. I love it. Okay. 
So start to unpack your story for us of your story of faith, your story of belief, and take us to the beginning, wherever that is for you. Okay. Um, Well, let's see. I was baptized in the Russian, no, Serbian Orthodox Church. Um, But very rarely have I lived anywhere where they actually had such a church. So, um, you know, ended up really more in Catholic schools. And as a child, um, you know, I had no, I didn't question any of it. Um, I, you know, I loved reading. I, I, I really loved reading like the children's Bible and I, you know, the stories were great. And, and uh, yeah, I never questioned the fact that there was a God or, and um, as I got older, I started to question a lot of it because when we moved to Chicago, um, they're really quite uh, well, my school was taken over by Opus Dei who are really quite extreme in their, um, they're like, I like to say they're more Catholic than the Pope. <laughs> so, you know, if, if someone starts telling you that if you French kiss a boy, it's the same as having sex and you're going to go to hell, you're like, hmm, that doesn't really make sense to me. So then I started questioning um, a lot of it. And um, at one point I was so fed up with everything and I had read about the Crusades and all these things and I was like, okay, these are not, this is not cool. You are not good like you say you are. And you're so, they were very, uh, you know, everyone who's not Catholic is, is going to go to hell. And I was like, no, that, that, that does not make sense to me. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. So um, I was like, okay, done. And, and, and on top of that, this is all stupid and I don't believe in God. <laughs> so I went really to the extreme. But of course, uh, I think as a human, I think we are wired for spirituality. And um, I started, because as a child, I'd always really been interested in not only just religion, all different religions and mythology. And I always read about that stuff. And so I started looking more and more into it. And I started reading this series of books by Joseph Campbell called The Masks of God which was fascinating because he, through a series of books, took you through primitive mythology, um, oriental mythology, occidental mythology, and a finally creative mythology. And um, through reading all of this and really in detail about all the different um, faiths and what they believed and stuff, I, I kept reading, I was like, and I'd find one and I think, oh, this is awful, awful, awful. And then I'd find one like, oh, wow, this sounds really, really good. I like this. I could believe this, right? Until you'd always, it seemed with every religion, there was always a point where like, oh, wait a minute. No, they sacrifice people. Never mind. You know, <laughs> or, you know there was always like a bad part that I didn't, didn't like. And I was like, okay, no, no, no. So finally, in the end, what I really have ended up doing is, is taking I read so much. My head is so full. I I just took the pieces I liked from all the things I've read and sort of, I guess, creative mythology. I created my own belief system. And um, I like to connect with God through uh, writing. So I'll write Dear God letters. Um, And I... um, He answers me. (laughs) He, she, whatever you want to call it. You know, 
I think it's like the masks of God, you know, what's in a name. It doesn't really matter what you call it, what religion you are. I think God is, if God is infinite, right? Which I think God is everything. And we're part of God. We're like, imagine like, like a cell in your body. Imagine your body is God and we're like a cell, you know? So you're separate. I mean, you are the cell. You're not the, the whole, but you're still God. You know, the cell in my body is still me, just not the complete me. So that, that's, that's the theory I'm working off of now. <laughs> that's Did really it make cool. any sense? <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Technically, we're kind of the same, only I went a more childish route uh, by watching a lot of cartoons where they explained it. <laughs> <laughs> but you technically did the complete same thing and just read a lot about it. So technically, we... Only I did not make a, a, God, a God figure out of it. I'm just saying like, hey, there's something out there and not connecting to it at all. But you're still connected to it. And yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, I mean, I also call it the universe or source or because it's such a touchy word now. It's like a very loaded word. But I think because I grew up with it being called God, that's just the easiest word for me. What was the age that you were like, hey, uh, I do not believe this anymore? Because that made me curious. Um, I'd say like late teenage, early 20s. All right. That's actually quite late. I would say like normally you hear people like at the age of 12, 13, like in the 20s is interesting. Well, I did like, I'm I'm a very independent, out-of-the-box thinker, but... I also don't like um, conflict. So I will think what I want to think and play along. So I stopped playing along at the age I'm telling you, but I've always thought what I wanted to think and believed what I wanted to believe. And that's also what I really strongly feel is that everybody has the right to believe what they want to believe whatever they whatever comforts them whatever makes them feel whole you you have that right and what i don't appreciate in some religions is that they try to force their beliefs on others and that was has always really been my main problem with religion so uh one, I love that you write Dear John, or wow, not Dear John, Dear God. <laughs> Yikes. What, I've written those two. <laughs> uh, Dear God letters. I actually do the same thing, and it's really, yeah, like just that act of letter writing is really beautiful. Oh, cool. Um, so what, what uh, continued after your 20s? How did, um, was it still kind of like gathering information, or did you really start to hone in on a path? And then um, how did your beliefs start to inform your actions. That's also what I'm curious about. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I'm pretty old. I'm 55, so it's kind of a long journey. But um, what happened was really that I no longer considered myself to be part of an organized religion. And so I then was left to uh, find my own way of connecting with God, spirit, universe, source, Um, which I uh, eventually ended up doing through the the letter writing. There was a period where I really didn't do that much. 
And if I need it, it was always like, okay, if I'm in trouble, you know, you pray, dear God, help me. And I, or I'd like, I'd pray, I, even though I wasn't Catholic anymore, lots of rosary praying going on, especially if I was like scared in the middle of the night. <laughs> help me, save me. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I started writing those letters. I started meditating. Um, there are still periods. I, I find, I think that's true of most of us uh, that, you know, God is sort of on the back burner until you're in trouble. And then you're like, excuse me, help. I'll never leave again. <laughs> you know? Real. Um, but that, I, I think my challenge is because it's, oh, I'm always um, searching for the, for a way to connect to, uh, to get what I want or, you know, to get help or, um, and once in a while you start to think because, you, you know, the, we really have no way of knowing, nobody really knows. So if anyone ever says, I know, you know, don't believe that they're wrong. <laughs> we have no way of knowing. So you can only go on that gut feeling inside of how, what's my best way of connecting to that, to that energy. So um, sometimes I'll have a crisis, you know, and I'll think, oh, no, wait, this can't, you know, because I don't know. Oh, is this really true? Is this, am I crazy? Am I, am I putting all my faith or, you know, in something that doesn't exist? And then you start feeling stupid. And, but when I really look at it, I look at the many, many times when it's been so obvious that I've had an answer, like, in your face, like, especially like writing those letters. If I write a question, sometimes I get an answer within five minutes. Sometimes I get an answer. The longest I've ever waited for an answer is like two days. And it's always like in your face, no doubt about it. That's your answer. I couldn't have made it up, you know? So it, it's there, it's there. I can't, I can't prove it. None of us can prove it, but I feel that life is far less rich without, if you ignore it, if you choose to ignore it. Yeah, okay. and yeah. I, I kind of got curious. Um, so are there still things that you hold on to as part of the Christian culture? So for example, because it's been a long time ago um, for you, say in your 20s, were there things that you were like, oh, because I'm still religious or I still believe in God, I cannot do this. Um, for example, we talked about uh, sexuality and exploring things in bars. Were you like holding back on certain things because of still believing or were you letting that go a little bit more? What we really want to know is, have you French kissed before? I'm just kidding. All right. Well, it's funny that you asked that. I, I think that growing up um, Catholic um, certainly formed my sense of, you know, my, what my morality is. And um, I believe a lot of it still, you know, don't kill people and that kind of thing. Um, but where they started to deviate from the Ten Commandments and started making up all these other rules that I, I think those came from people. They came from men. And they came from more than a thousand years ago. So I think that that's something that should kind of have evolved with the times, but didn't. So for example, um, 
you know, I really never thought it was a sin to French kiss a boy. Um, I didn't necessarily or don't think it's a sin to have sex when you're not married. But because I grew up with this morality, um, for one thing, I'd feel guilty. But for another thing, I had a rule. And I was like, okay, it's, it's okay if I want to have sex, but I have to be in love. So that, that was my, you know, I couldn't just like go around just fucking everybody. Excuse my language. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know, it had to mean something. It had to be a real connection. And I thought if, if you're in love with the person, then it's not a sin. It's okay. Even though there was still that background, um, you're going to go to hell, it's wrong, it's a sin. <laughs> Which took me many, many years to um, turn off. Mm. And I don't know if it's even still really turned off. That, that was a very ingrained <laughs> but um yeah certainly it's certainly and i think that's actually a useful part of religions you know maybe not the really extreme stuff but you know to put that sort of sense of right and wrong into people i don't know how else they would really learn it <laughs> i don't know yeah that's actually an interesting thought um yeah morality would, would we would we learn it without guides or or um even systems in place or, or religions um and so i'm curious about your concept of god uh how would you describe it him her kind of like, how has that been formed um yeah um it's I, I can't tell you exactly how i came to this conclusion because my mind's always working <laughs> and always trying to solve problems. But um, the current, my current working theory uh, is that God is everything, you know? So everything, we, the universe, it's all made out of energy, right? God is that energy. And that energy, I believe, is conscious. I don't think it's just whatever, electricity. I, I, think, I think it has a consciousness. I think that it's expressing itself and also um, learning about itself, learning about everything through being everything. So I think to God, maybe there is, isn't even really good or bad or, you know, good and evil because God wants to experience what everything is like. And really, you, you cannot have, you can't even know something is good if you haven't seen its opposite, right? So that's why, like, I always think, you know, people are like, oh, there's all this bad in the world. There must not be a God. You know, do you, would you know what light was if there was no dark? And um, my other theory, I was actually thinking about that this morning. I don't know why I knew you were going to ask me this. Um, I think the reason, uh, I think good always prevails. And perhaps that is because God is everything. <laughs> so God is also us experiencing that like, ooh, bad, that doesn't feel good. I don't like that. So uh, that's why good always prevails because there's always going to be a bigger part of God that's like, ooh, God, that's not, that's kind of, I don't like that. <laughs> I've tried it, been there, done it, don't like it. <laughs> Oh, interesting. So you, do you feel like God, okay, so God is, he's within us, consciousness within us, 
and he's we're in God. Yeah. And us in him, we're like in it all together. And so it's less of him revealing good and bad to us, but more like we are all. We're revealing it to him. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Or or whatever you want to call it. Let's just say him for the, because I grew up with him. (laughs) And it sounds very uh, rude. (laughs) Oh, interesting. It is technically a killer clown. (laughs) (laughs) That too. We don't want that. It just seems disrespectful. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, why is the he sound more personal or something or she yeah like what do you because, just use he because that's what you've always used or is because there because it refers to an inanimate, inanimate object and i don't think god god is anything but an, an inanimate object and i also think in most like shows or whatever a god is always the older man with the big white beard and well that comes from christianity yeah, and but obviously, because all the rules and shit were for Christianity were made by men. So, of course, yeah, it, back back in the day, females didn't have anything to say except for, hey, make like, hey, your sandwich is ready. Well, what's interesting, because I studied all the, you know, all the religions, you know, all the way back. Originally, it was matriarchy. And what happened and, and the God was female. And what happened was at one point men like were like, we've had enough of this. Uh, and they're like, we're gonna put women in their place and we're gonna take over. And that's why now religions are more male dominated. Wow. But the very, very original religions worshipped women, and you know, the figure was of a, a pregnant, a pregnant woman yeah. because that represented um, life. And Mother Earth and Yeah. So I think we need to come now to a point where they, they, they mix because it's not one or the other. That's super interesting. Expand more of that thought, Bhavan. Like, yeah, where do you feel like the concept of God needs to go in our current society? Maybe that blending and how would that look? Well, I think it's sort of what's happening now and it's what Joseph Campbell predicted. And it's funny when I first read the book, Creative Mythology, uh, it was, uh, it hadn't really ha- taken off yet. Like that whole, it was sort of starting that, what is a new age, which I still think, like, mm. <laughs> it's, but um, that's already, that's what's happening now. It's, and I think it going hand with the changes in society, as people start to be more creative in what they believe about God and spirituality, and as um, men and women become more equal, which I think we're slowly but surely headed to as a, as a, as a world, and I think that will really shape um, how, how, how faith is experienced um, in the future. And I don't, I'm not sure that it will ever come out to be like an organized religion ever again. I don't think there's going to be like a new major world power organized religion like like christianity and islam and judaism were or are um i think it's going to be more what is your individual relationship with with source with god with spirit 
and it will draw on, I, I think it's important to have a basis to, to really um, explore or, you know, you, we all grow up in, in some, may, many of us in, in a religion or not in a religion, but I think it's, it behooves one to explore what all the beliefs have been throughout time so that you can then make an informed inner decision for yourself. Like, Oh, that, that rings true to me. That rings, that doesn't ring true, you know, and, and to get all those best bits and create your own belief system. Yeah, I totally recognize that for myself. I, um, I, I've read so many things. Um, I think, the closest thing I believe is either Buddhism or uh, something close to the Japanese culture. Um, mm -hmm. I feel the Greeks also had the same kind of system. Like there's a God for everything, God for housing, God for farming, I mean, for, for everything. So I feel like that is for me the closest thing. Like I don't believe there's a God for just everything, but there's other, other things for everything. That would make the most sense to me at least. So I recognize what, what you just said. Mm -hmm. no, well, I, I went through all those phases as well. And um, my problem, I love Buddhism. I think it's really, really beautiful. But what I never, the, you know, the, the one part that stopped me, you know, there's always the one part with Buddhism was this sort of like, it's like a rejection of, of life as a human being in a way it's like you're supposed to be above life you're supposed to dwell in the whole the spirit you know if you're going to be really successful spiritually whatever you shouldn't really actually experience life and i and, and i think that's wrong <laughs> for me anyway i think that no problem i'm sure god wants to experience life through buddhism as well but for me that that went very against a sort of an inner compass that said to me no, I'm here to experience what it is to be alive, to be human and not to reject. Why else am I here? Mm. Why else would I be on earth if I'm supposed to like be on earth but pretend I'm not? Mm. But that's just me. You know, maybe there are God sent someone who was like, hey, let's, let's see if I can be human and pretend I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> cool experiment. <laughs> yeah, that from, from what I know of Buddhism, I, it, you're supposed to reject consciousness, right? Like, or reject the ego. You're rejecting a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of being above it all, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which can maybe from the outside look like just detachment, like you're just detached from yeah, the world. That, that, yeah, and it, it, well, sure, it gives you inner peace because you're not worrying about anything. Yeah, but... yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, the Christian thought is, you maybe heard the phrase or whatever, um, of the world, but not in it, or no, in the world, but not of it. Um, and, and there's a real celebration within the Christian faith of this existence, that this is actually a really important existence. And it's important to live fully present here, that there's a celebration of, of humanity. Um, most importantly, because Jesus himself became a human. He, he didn't, I mean, so he fully lived, he, he cried, he had friends, he, had sorrows and happiness. And um, so if anything, Jesus actually shows us how to fully be human as opposed to just being above humanity. Um, and then ultimately the Christian faith too. And I don't know if Christians always highlight this, but we're not just holding out for heaven. We're not just like, 
just wait, just hold out. You'll get there soon. But it's uh, God is redeeming the earth. So there's like a new heaven, new earth. And so this actually is how he intended it to be. It's just been warped. And so ultimately it's like coming back to existence as how it was supposed to be relationships as how they're supposed to be um, interaction with the earth as how it's supposed to be humans to animals. As, so it's like a coming back to, as opposed to just a rejection of what we're currently in. But so, so then ultimately Christians should be trying to live in that redeemed way currently. So there's kind of like the, we need to um, fully experience what it means to be human and, um, and what it means to be content and what it means to live for justice in the now, not just for later and, and really see people and see where they're at and um, experience poverty and wealth and um, power and oppression and all those different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've heard that about Buddhism and have thought like, Oh, what's the Christian difference here? And I think that's, that's one of them. It's the in the world, but not of it. And the of it, I think, is there is a base nature that we have. There's kind of like a, and it's more animalistic. It's more tribal. It's more aggressive. It's more who's the, who's the other and how, how can I protect myself against them? And that's more like animalistic side, potentially. Just survival. And also, yeah, rejecting the base urges. like Right. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Like we're, we're designed for some sort of spirituality and that's us still living within human nature, but finding the better version of it, right. the more loving, connected, um, creative. Yeah. But I think that's how I articulate my thoughts on that. Very nice. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. Um, so, Bhavan, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, you are somewhat of a guide for others in their spiritual journey. Is that true? A little bit. Yeah, definitely. I I was trying to remember if it's like something you actually do for income within like coaching or something. I do. I do coaching. I, you know, I started out um, with a detox program and, um, but when I did that myself, which is how I figured out how to do it, um, it didn't just change my body. It, It opened up pretty much everything for me um, because I, it gave me back my, my power and I felt like myself again. And, um, and a lot of things started happening and my life started transforming. And so um, I do, I do help people. I'm, I think one of my gifts from God is that I'm able to um, look at a person, talk to a person and I can immediately see who they are and what they need. So like if somebody would come to me and say um, that there's a goal that they have, um, I, can, I can see um, what's stopping, what's blocking them and what they could do to achieve that goal, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> The thing I was wondering is, what is the benefit of a guide in a spiritual journey? Because you've described maybe the future progression of faith within the world is 
more towards an individual expression, an individual mm-hmm. connection with God. Um, and so then I'm just curious, what is the role of a guide or guides or a community within that? Because you, you said no, like against organized religion, but then um, in my mind, yeah, guides and community is part of organized religion that makes it beautiful. And so for you, how would you articulate the need for guides and community within the journey? Well, I think especially because there's such um, there's such an evolution away from organized religion now. There are very a lot of people who have no um, grounding, no anchor, who don't who don't either well either don't believe in God or don't know what to think or have sort of this need but don't know what to do with it. And I think that's where it's important. You have to be careful who you choose as a guide. I think it's very, very important to listen to your, your gut when choosing someone because there are certainly a lot of charlatans out there. There always have been, you know, out to, I don't know, get your money, whatever it is. Um, but um, let's say the, the guides that are pure, um, those are people that can that should not be telling you what to believe, but helping you, guiding you to find out what you believe. What you know, some people have no connection to their inner voice. So that's what I do, right? So I, I get people, I help them, I do guided meditations, I help them to reach their their inner voice. Because that inner voice is is the voice of your soul. It's the voice that connects you to God, you know? Um, So I, I, that's what I do. I I help people to hear their inner voice and connect to God. And through that, get the answers, get the the help they need, um, the energy, the, yeah, just, um, that's what I do. (laughs) And I think that's important because a lot of people don't know how to do that. You know, how many, I always think, oh, everyone knows how to meditate, you know, and then I'll go to a conference and they'll be like, I don't do that. I don't like that. I don't know. How do you do that? You know, and I'm like, but it's so easy. (laughs) So I think it is important because, because people aren't in organized religions that much anymore. So prayer is like another word. It's like the God word, you know, it's like, you know, what is that? I don't pray. Okay. Well, meditating is kind of the same thing, but it's got another word for it. You know, does that answer your question? (laughs) <laughs> Scott's like uh, this is the he wants to ask so many more questions. <laughs> He's definitely Shoot. like I want to go, I want to go, but uh, we're we're kind of nearing the end of the episode, so we're go going to shoot one last question, and I also really love to answer uh, ask this question of all our guests. What is your final message if today is your last day? Today was my last day. Yeah. What's your final message to the world? Uh, that can either, you, you can decide whatever that can be. It can be funny. It can be uh, a, a lesson you want to give to uh, the next g- generation, whatever you feel like is up. Uh, yeah. Whatever you feel like is good. Okay. Um, my advice to the world and to humans is ask yourself, always ask yourself this. Am I leaving the world 
a better place than it was when I entered it. That's a great one. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> okay. Well, we'll wrap up this part of the podcast now, take a break, and then have our part two discuss some more things that came up. Um, Pavan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Part one, hearing your story. Stick around for part two as we jump into more topics that we've brought up. And uh, so far, you've been listening to Between Two Worlds, a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Bye.